Happening now, we'd like to welcome our guests from across North America and around the world. This is the EdTech Situation Room, episode 90 for March the 28th, 2018. And I'm so excited about tonight. I am Wes Fryer joining you from Oklahoma City, where I am the director of technology at the Cassidy School. And I can toss it down to Florida, where Felix Giacomino, the amazing EdTech Yoda of the entire, like, east of the Mississippi, if you need to find one person, he's your guy. So, Felix, welcome. Uh, wow, what a welcome. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Um, I'm Felix Giacomino. I'm the Director of Innovation and Technology at Gulliver Schools. Gulliver is uh, the fifth largest independent school um, in the United States, and it's a private school down here in Miami. Uh, I'm about to finish my second year there, and um, I went from a very small school of about 300 students to Gulliver, which is about 2,300 students. So uh, big jump there, but, uh, you know, a welcome challenge for sure. Absolutely. Well, here on the, the show, if you're new, we are usually talking, and we will tonight, about recent technology news through an educational lens. Um, lots of times it's Jason Neifer and I, uh, but Jason is working on getting his dissertation finished in uh, Montana from the University of Montana. And so he will, we think, probably be joining back uh, here in a couple weeks. But um, we've been having an opportunity to have have guests on the show. And Felix, I know you were able to, to tune in to last week's conversation with Carl and then with yeah. Carl Hooker and then Jen Carey the week before. Mm-hmm. Um, so before I, we talk about an article or whatever, I, I got to ask you a question. What has been some of your biggest personal learning points and just ahas as far as moving from those school situations from, from the small to the large and, and just for your different, different situation. Cause you're t- two years in now. So yeah, that, that's a great question. Um, <laughs> things don't always scale the way you think they might. Um, you know, coming from a school of only 300 students where it was myself and our good friend Inga Wassman and Jenny down there and Ashley Cross, which I know you know as well. Um, you know, we were a tight, small group that spoke every day. Um, everybody saw everybody every day. Uh, to now, if I could go on probably a whole year and maybe see somebody once or, or less, it's incredible. Because how, how many how many staff do you have? I mean, what's the total uh, staff? Teachers, it's about three hundred and fifty total staff. Staff and teachers, non-students, I'd say uh, about five fifty or okay. so. Yeah, that's a lot. So of you know, plus the twenty three hundred ish students, uh, it's a lot of faces um, across four campuses as well. So. Um, that's been the biggest, you know, uh, we know that in education, so much has to do with relationships and building those relationships. How in the world do you build relationships with that, that many people, you know what I mean? Authentic ones anyway. So I find myself walking around a lot, trying to, you know, have lunch with somebody different every day, um, in the lunchroom, just popping in and seeing what's going on. But also if you haven't met that person yet, you, you can't just kind of waltz into the room. Some people, You've already had conversations with, they'll wave you down. Hey, come on in, check out what we're doing. Other ones, uh, you just know, well, I've got to put it on my checklist to have a conversation with that person first. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm, you know, three years, three years in and 
really feel at this point so thankful that a lot of relationships have been established and a lot of things are are happening um you know i'm just uh i was able to to do a collaboration with one of our senior english teachers uh, mm-hmm. with book creator and she's been doing this for six years you know where her kids create picture books for our, for our pre-k kids and anyway just wonderful had never done ebooks you know and then the word spread and now i'm working with a seventh grade english teacher um, and anyway, the, but it takes time. It takes it time does. to. It does. And how large, how large, uh, how large of a place are you at, Russ? We've got about 900 students and, uh, oh. we've got about 170 total faculty and staff. Um, I think somewhere around 190 faculty, something like that. Wow. So, okay. That's, that's large. So that's it large. is. Yeah. Well, for two of us, it's, it's a little aggressive. So yeah. we're, wow. uh, I, I should talk for you with you later on your, your advice for advocating inside the, the, uh, sure. the politics of the school for positions and whatever. Absolutely. In, in, absolutely. In the midst of doing that. But let's yeah. talk about some tech news or we could go back to some of the things that you, uh, heard Carl and Jen and I talking about in the last couple of weeks. Where would you like to, to start tonight's conversation? Sure. Let me just add one last thing to to the part about Gulliver. We are currently searching for a computer science teacher, and it's not an accurate description because this position would work very closely with the engineering department head, and it would be it would involve everything under the sun that we talk, that this podcast talks about: STEM, robotics, computer science, programming, um, all of the above, engineering, the the opportunity is huge. So if you want to learn more, just go to gulliverschools.org and go to the, the jobs section. And we are looking to hire the best. So awesome. I just want to do that. So, yeah. um, gosh, I, I wrote down a couple of things that I wanted to uh, touch on. However, to get one thing out of the way, I, I told you, I just got back from, from Tampa and we went to Bush gardens and we were just riding roller coasters. Basically the four of us, we love riding them and that's what we're doing. Um, I was texting with some ed tech, uh, I think it was Carl, actually. I was texting with him right before I got on the Shikra. Now, you got to look up the Shikra straight down, 90 degrees straight down towards the earth. Um, and I, you know, I put it in my pocket, get off the Shikra, and I'm like, oh, cool. Let me find out where Judy and Alexandra. I check my pockets. Oh, my gosh, my phone is gone. My phone is gone. My phone is gone. And I'm like, where did it go? It had to have disappeared. I knew it. Okay, so... I'm like, well, I have my Apple Watch. First, I have to find Judy. Maybe I can ping it, right, with find my iPhone. But um, I couldn't find her yet because I didn't have a phone to contact her. So um, I start looking with my watch, and I can see it's not connected, not connected. So I'm walking, I'm walking. Finally, I see that there's a connection. So I'm within X amount of feet or whatever from my phone, to so my phone. So I'm hanging ping. Okay, this is a roller coaster theme park. <laughs> like, I'm going to hear a little ding, 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 um, where it could be anywhere. I don't find it. I keep looking, keep looking. At four stories up, there's a net right towards the end of the ride to, I guess, catch stuff. Um, and it's in some of the more, more likely places. And sure enough, I spotted it. Called the manager over. She got well, some of the engineers over. And they fetched it for me unscathed. <laughs> unscathed and, and she's like oh it's not uncommon for us to find phones in the parking lot <laughs> in the on the roofs of stuff and when we do they're usually smashed to smithereens and so i'm feeling very lucky today <laughs> absolutely and that was a 10 yeah. right a 10 it's a 10 so yeah, yeah. it's not exactly a 140 dollar phone yeah, not 
Wow. Anyway, anyway, uh, so I just wanted to get down there because I'm like, phew, feeling it. That's right. Um, now, but let me ask you, I've got a last little tech question. From your iWatch or your Apple Watch, could you have made it, you were, you were making it make the noise from, for the yes. lost from your phone. So. Correct. Okay. Correct. Yeah. Correct. But because of the, I mean, it, it yeah, really yeah. was about three or four stories up. Forget about it. Right. Um, had I been closer? Yeah. Um, but, but it was on the nettles face down. So. I spot it and finally by that time Judy's with me and I grab her phone and I call it and I can see the screen light up. So I'm like, I'm a hundred percent sure because somebody had oh, said, man. oh yeah, phone just fell and it was smashed and they turned it in. And I'm like, Oh no, it was somebody else's iPhone seven. Yeah. So I knew it wasn't mine because they said it was a seven. I was just uh, like, Oh my. <laughs> anyway, feeling very lucky. That'll, that'll, that'll make your day. All right. <clears throat> So where we we had a big Apple event, we could jump right into that if we wanted to, or you know anywhere and, else. So and, where, where would you, you like know, to? to be honest, that happened while I was at Bush Gardens. Um, so I did a little bit of cramming before this, so I can speak a little bit to it. So if you want to talk to it, that's great. Um, it's up to uh, you. You're the, well, you're, you're the guest. Go about so. the, the less expensive iPad. So that I think is a welcome. Um, something that's welcome you know at any time the price goes down education says yay we could do more um so i think that's great i think on the pencil it's only ten dollars cheaper yeah um, but i but i think actually the ipad i think they're keeping it the same aren't they because it's it's the it's a 329 commercial 299 education but is I, that the same as before the 299 i, I think it is but it's more um, capable it you know all of it works with the apple pencil correct uh, more powerful I, I mean the stuff that excited me the most well they increased the um storage for icloud per yes, educational 200, users, gigs. 200 gigs from five gigs so that's that's yeah. a substantial jump um but i think yeah, that's I, infinitely I, less than google but we won't go there. <laughs> or we i just did go there <laughs> there you go that's all right um but you know the the schoolwork um application where it looks like you know they're trying to get a little bit like like google classroom and and needing right. to you know facilitate the exchange and stuff like that so yeah, it's uh it's pretty interesting. Somebody had asked me uh recently cuz we you know, we've got and this is I know small potatoes by other standards, but you know, we've got a, a, over 100 iPads that we manage and then we've got, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of 260 or so Chromebooks. Um we're very heavily invo- invested in Google and they asked me, well, "What would it take for you to leave the Google universe?" It was actually somebody who was um looking at Microsoft 365 and they were talking about running mm-hmm. both and all that. And I said, man, it would it would take a lot. Of course, once you're invested in an ecosystem, it's hard, sure. you know, to switch. But yeah, the the collaborative features and and just so much with with what we can do with Google. I want to do a shout out to Peggy George and Scott Summer, who are both live in our chat room. So if you are viewing uh, live, please feel free to uh, jump into our chat where we'll uh, have a back channel and uh, field any questions that you guys have or or feedback. Hi, uh, Peggy. How's Arizona? <laughs> are you okay. wh- where is your school in terms of devices and and platforms? Are you guys Google and that's like, that that's that's what I was hoping the next uh, conversation would be. Yes, we are like you all over the place. Um, we've got hundreds of iPads. We've got hundreds of we just I just purchased four hundred and a little over four hundred Chromebooks for grades two through four. Um, we are iPads also grades like. K through four um, in in sets. Um, teachers, uh, I inherited a fully Microsoft infrastructure and system, right? So my I have a Microsoft certified systems engineer, uh, network engineer. <clears throat> I myself am a certified 
um, Microsoft Certified Systems Engineer, so I speak that language. Um, the teachers have all Surfaces, Surface Pro 3s. Uh, those are end of life. So we are probably going with uh, Lenovo uh, for this upcoming year, uh, the Lenovo Yoga X1s. But not only that, we might be offering a choice. And that choice might be a certain fruit, if mm -hmm. you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think that's going to be a welcome thing. It's a little bit, um, uh, this school has not seen that. Um, in a very long time. And there are some Apple products, but they tend to be in, in, in the yearbook lab, uh, you know, in, in, in dedicated spots in those multimedia because Apple's better at multi, you know what I mean? Right. That. Sure. And I tried to actually get, and Jen, Jen Carey mentioned this, uh, how nice the new Microsoft Pro is, the big iMac looking one that goes right. flat, you can draft. <clears throat> I tried to get that for our architecture program because we have a signature architecture program um and it's not quite there yet as far as um just the power the the, the processing speed uh, to, to render real architecture stuff it just uh it's not quite there yet but they're beautiful machines so um so yeah traditionally all um windows but i'm starting to open a door to to choice and as of today not with the intention to go all mac Right. I, I like the fact that it is representative of the real world. Different people have different, you know, not, not everybody uses iPhones. Um, not everybody, um, you know, uses the same thing. Uh, Starbucks doesn't stop you at the door and said, you know, to ask what kind of device do you have to see if you can join our Wi-Fi. It's just as agnostic as it gets. So um, that, that pretty much paints a picture. But I did want to make one more uh, comment to that is with the teachers being pretty much 100% Windows, we're BYOD, fifth grade through 12th. Really? Wow. Take a wild guess as to what 95 plus percent students bring. The MacBook Air. Absolutely. Uh, MacBook Air, MacBook Pro, MacBook. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It, it just, it's very heavy on the Apple side for students. It's, it's their, um, you know, platform of choice. Before the show, we were talking briefly about recommendations and how it can be maybe better in some cases not to recommend, you know, this device, this platform. And boy, sure. it, it I, I can't tell you how many conversations I've had both with our staff as well as with parents, you know, looking for a laptop. What do I need? And I'm encouraging right. to look Chromebook, but my child really wants a MacBook. Of course they want a MacBook. Right? Yeah, of course you they know? do. <laughs> what do they want to do? You know? And so, right. um, Anyway, that's that's pretty interesting. Right, We've right. offered well, some. Sweetie, let's get your first car. <laughs> yeah, let's, yeah get a, let's, let's take get a look. Look, the Honda Civic got really good ratings this year. <laughs> Dad, I mean the Ferrari is so nice. You know, I mean, what do you need? What do you need, and, and what have you got? Um, so yeah, that's a that's a conversation for sure. That's right. Hey, well, um, Peggy actually referenced an article in the chat room that that's not in the show, but we can mention. Um, there's been a lot of articles about Facebook, of course, and Cambridge Analytica and all of that stuff, but um, people being able to download all of their phone calls and text messages that were tracked on Android and not iOS. So I'll, I'll see if I can drop a link to uh, an article that's oh. about that. But that's pretty interesting and supposedly is one of these things where, you know, my, or a Facebook said, but you agreed to that, you know, but it was, yeah. that, that was a substantial privacy difference between the Android platform and, and iOS. So on that note, have you made any changes to your own Facebook use or, and do you feel questions um, about that at school with parents saying, should we ditch Facebook and um, privacy? 
the parents haven't mentioned Facebook yet. I've been very dormant on Facebook lately only because, well, along with shifting, you know, to this new school and finishing off my master's and, you know, all these other things that I'm doing, uh, the usage has gone way down. However, after listening to your previous two podcasts, I'll be visiting that because, um, I don't know, I tend to, to a fault, uh, just trust a little bit more than I should, uh, or a lot more. Uh, but the more I listen, the more I read, the more I learn, um, the more I'm, I'm starting to pay attention. Uh, you put in one of the, uh, articles on, um, the ad blocker ghostery mm-hmm. and, and the clicks browser. And I did some learning on that as well because, well, uh, we should be paying attention and, and, and we, uh, should have a voice on as it relates to, uh, privacy. Um, I'll be tweaking stuff. Carl had mentioned about, uh, he went to Twitter for the first time in a long time to see what apps still had access to his account. And it was over 120 or so. And uh, I did that recently. And then, yeah, sure enough, I trimmed down a lot. So, you know, what, what, what kind of services might be out there that are, that are doing, that could do this for us? I think you mentioned something like that. I know there's, uh, a couple of services out there that claim to do that or, and one of them is it, it'll cut you out of everything altogether. Yeah. But, right. Well, you know, if you want to take that extreme approach. Yeah. And we're both very much, I think advocates for digital sharing, right? I mean, of course. absolutely. And it's an important um, uh, voice for us to, or, you know, uh, advocacy um, platform to continue to remind people of, you know, amidst surveillance and amidst everything that's happening with privacy, so much wonderful, you know, good things that, that can and have happened and, and will happen as a result of, of sharing. So yeah, that was a wired article from March 18th. Um, yeah. Adblock Ghostry just went open source and has a new business model. And, um, you know, it's, it's interesting to see what different privacy settings uh, allow you to do. I'm still not convinced. Like I've, I drank the Google Kool-Aid a long time ago. I'm very, you know, positive and, and think feeling good, you know, generally about how Google doesn't want to be evil, but Me you too. know, the business model, and maybe we can get into some of those articles. Um, or maybe I'll just mention it now. Let me see. Um, you know, these, these don't just uh, concern Facebook. Um, I oh, think, yeah. yeah, this is it. Well, no, is this the, oh, where is it? Um, it was an article basically saying that, you know, this is, this is just the tip of the iceberg and, and it really appears that regulation is on the horizon. You know, it's been a wild mm-hmm. west for privacy and things like that. Um, I dropped a link, uh, in for a video I actually just shared on our digital citizenship website. It's, uh, I think it's a, a CSNBC uh, video, but it's just a three minute, very well done narrated slideshow. Um, and we titled it social media privacy settings and election hacking. Um, but that mm. is, that was one I just got to talk to our upper division high school uh, faculty yesterday and we modeled one of these lessons where, you know, show this short video to students and then have a discussion. Let them talk with each other about these questions and then, and then, uh, you know, share some, some things together. And, you know, it's, it, I think it's good that we're talking about this, right? Because yeah. we've, you know, the conversation, even <laughs> I wish we weren't having as many conversations about fake news. I mean, you know, a couple of years uh, ago, I never imagined that, you know, media yeah. literacy and needing to vet, you know, authority would, would have the profile that it does today. Right, right. That it will be that extreme and that, um, uh, in, that it's been that invasive to, to everything that happens online. It, it is a little bit mind blowing and, and overwhelming. Um, you had asked about our parents and, um, 
making a connection to a previous uh, comment that you made and, and maybe some parents on your side of the world uh, were talking about wait until eight. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. That, that I heard it coming down our way and I was like, Oh, I hope it doesn't um, because the school wouldn't take that stand. That would be something that the, we make sure that we draw the line and be like, look, if you as a parent want to do that, um, that's fine. You can, right. you know, why don't you go to Starbucks, have your own little club, uh, talk about it and all that. But yeah. as a school, we, we, we won't um, give you the soapbox for, for our, something like that. Our perspective on that has been number one. And by the way, shout out because Carl Hooker, we, we had him come to our school um, two years ago to do a wonderful set of presentations for parents as well as for kids, you know, talk to our different divisions about digital citizenship. <clears throat> We've wanted to, basically get parents in front of each other talking because we do have a group that is is um, feeling like that wait till eight. I, I think we're living in a time <coughs> where we're blaming yep. cell phones and maybe Jen talked about right. this on the show, right? Yep. You said yep. blame yep. the TV. The, oh, the new boogeyman. The, the TV. Right, exactly. The, the new, new boogeyman, absolutely. And so, absolutely. You know, but giving the parents a, a voice about it is, is a good idea. I think a couple of times in our conversations, we threw out the word ed camp just as a model, maybe uh, not to have an entire ed camp, but maybe just use the model as in, look, you, it's, you're not the expert. You're just facilitating. You're getting the conversation started, but it's really about the conversation. Right. Uh, have something like that. But um, we, we do have to tread lightly. And going back to uh, the word recommendation that you said, you know, as a school, I think what we could do is we could provide resources. We could provide cons- um, speakers, consultants. Um, we, we had uh, Devorah Heitner, uh, the author of Screenwise. Uh, yep. She, she came and spoke with the parents last year and they loved her. Um, and, um, you know, it, it's important to, to have that conversation, of course, and provide resources, provide um uh, speakers and conversation right. and all that. And it's uh, a lot. But and, draw and, the line. It's about parenting, part. parenting in general, right? Because we're not going to tell parents, hey, this is the only Thank way you. for you to parent. You. We're Thank going you. to. I'll be highlight. glad to. Yeah, I'll be glad to share with you what's worked so far and, and even what hasn't worked in, in the Giacomino household. Um, and I'm, I'd love to hear how the friars do it. And I'd continue uh, on down the line to everybody else and have that conversation. But as a school, we've pretty much decided, well, we can't say here's what we recommend because, well, it's just the divert the, the nature of different families and the different right. dynamics. And as soon as we make a recommendation, should that not fit that family and backfire right. on them or, or whatever, you know, then they could point back to it and say, Hey, you recommended this. So, yeah. um, that's that's the conversation we're having about that. And and that's and conversations is the key. That's why we call our digital yep. website, you know, digital citizenship conversations, because we want to get the conversations yep. going. I mean, there's going to be some stuff that's going to be bright line, you know, violations of the law. Um, Correct. You know, and some of the health stuff. Right. I mean, some we're not really getting controversial. when We talk about sleep and we talk about, you know, how important it is to consider, you know, right. if you're reading your white light device, you know, right before right. you sleep, you're sleeping with it. Um, but, but even, but even that there's going to be different decisions that different families are going to make, but it's been, I think positive. And we want to continue this to let parents share different perspectives about what they're doing. And some yeah. of the times that that's giving parents permission, even to, to know things like, yes, you can have your child's uh, passcode. Yes, that is your device. Uh-huh. I mean, some of that right. is, is um, wanting parents to feel empowered and, and understand that, you know, even though their child may say this or it sounds like everybody's doing such and such. Right. Um, but it's an interesting going back, landscape. 
going back to having conversations, you know, and Devora says that really well in her book again, again, uh, it's, it's not about spying on your kid. It's not about, you know, just kind of installing everything you can to block and, and then catch, you know, but rather have the conversation. Sure. Use tools to your advantage. Absolutely. Um, but have the conversation first and say, look, you know, these are the guidelines I will, uh, you know, I, I, I do have the uh, authority and the ability to spot check and, and, and that's what I'll be doing. Give the heads up. So there's still trust there. Um, and I, I think that's the way to go. Um, you know, I, I'd be glad to share, you know, in, in any conversation with any parent what's what's worked and what hasn't for for me anyway. So I'll put this in the show notes, but uh, Devra Heitner uh, is the article of ScreenWise Helping Kids Thrive and Survive. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. October 2015 yeah. book. So Yeah, actually, check out her TED Talk as well. Yeah, it's great. You can get the hardcover for $195. Oh, look at that. <laughs> I'm sure I could swing a discount for you, Wes. I know uh, Devora. <laughs> isn't that cra- that's crazy? But um, it's just yeah, obviously I saw that per- too. I, yeah, I might have pointed that out to her. Paperback yeah. seven ninety three, Kindle seven ninety nine, hardcover yeah. one ninety five, but it's with Prime. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, there you go. <laughs> the shipping's free. Um, yeah, that's the one where the drone brings it to you. Yeah, I, I think I did tell her that. I, I caught that mistake, and maybe I don't know. Amazon could be quirky that way sometimes. Yeah, interesting. All right. Well, good. Um, let's see. We've got a couple comments from, from the chat. Um, um, Wes, where are you seeing the comments? Cause I'm, I hit the group chat right here in the hangouts. Is it right? There? Well, so here's, here's a little trick. I have my, my second machine here. I'm using the, the wife's uh-huh. laptop and then I've got another one cause you, you can't actually see it in the hangout here. You have to view uh-huh. the, um, you have to view it from, from YouTube. So what I actually do is open up a tab with Twitter, click the link to the hangout from the EdTech SR, make sure I'm muted so we don't get feedback noise. Sure. And then you can click in the corner, you can do pop out chat. And so then I just have it as pop out chat. So, okay. Yeah. It, uh, all right. Well, since you just gave me an EdTech tip, I'll share an EdTech tip right now out of the blue. Um, and it's actually the tweet that's gotten a lot of retweets. The most retweeted tweet that I've had lately, and it's very simple, actually. I was listening to a podcast on uh, just ed tech stuff, and uh, somebody said this. I'm like, wow, I didn't know that. I wonder if there's other people that didn't know that. And that is, you know, I'll just read it out. Need to edit a PDF but don't have Acrobat Pro? Upload the PDF to Google Drive, right-click it, and choose Open with Google Docs. That's it. It's that simple. I did OCR, you know OCR. Yeah, uh, I, I have. We've done a bit of that. Yeah, and, uh, and the, I the, no the, idea, but it's been, uh, you know, the the let me see in the analytics here. It's had over s- almost seven thousand impressions and tons of uh, retweets and all that. And and uh, I, I guess I wasn't alone. But hey, the power of digital sharing, right? So that's, that's yeah, absolutely. I'm still trying to find something that Tony Vincent doesn't know. So <laughs> that's a, right. A lot of can. podcasts about that. <laughs> That's absolutely right. Okay. Well, um, let's see. There's, uh, this has been an article. Sometimes we don't talk they, about them. They, they kind of continue to stay in, in the, uh, uh, the articles. And so I'll mention this. Wikispaces shutting down yeah. on July 31st, 2018. So Brian Crosby is a wonderful STEM educator up in Nevada and was one of the people that alerted me to it because he was asking, you know, what do you think and where should I go? And 
Um, you know, I've been on Google Sites for quite a while. I think probably since 2010. I was on PB Works and PB Wiki. Yeah. You know, PB. Oh I know. I know. I haven't yet migrated to the new Google Sites because I've been waiting for a migration tool. Um, and I agree with Jen what she said. It's so much better. Good. Tons better. It just it doesn't look and smell like a Google site from a while away. That came from (laughs) what was it called? Jot or something? I mean, when I was back at Texas Tech in the early two thousands, I mean that's Mm -hmm. early days of Web two and that was one of those things that, you know, Google purchased and you know, they were kind of making their own. So yeah, they re re rewrote the code, I think, from from the top. So uh, How about posterist? Don't you miss posterist? Wasn't that the best? Oh, man, yeah, you're just gonna make. Yeah. But you know what though? One, one of the guys went on to do, and which is what I use for um, posts.felixchacomino.com. Anyway, where I post all my uh, presentations, and it's called um, Post Haven. I still am paying for that. It's only five bucks. A five month. bucks. Yeah. And the promises, right? Uh, that will never do what posterist did to you, and, right. and total. So right. we'll, we'll see how that goes, but. It it hasn't though, and I have not played with it recently. But it's not quite posterous or posterous in terms of you can't just throw any file at it and have it embedded. And, and I haven't played with it lately either. I know what I use it for, and it works for that reason. Right. However, now thinking through it, you know my WordPress site could do that <laughs> as well. Yeah. So we'll see. Yep. Yep. Um, let's see. Um, here's a security article. This is from Bloomberg. Uh, Russian hackers attacking oh. U.S. power grid and aviation FBI warns. Uh, this was from uh, March the 15th. And right, this isn't old news, but one of the things I feel like has been elevated so strongly with, with the election news. And of course, we, we hear about our, uh, our chief executive and Mueller and the investigations and all this right. is, is how, how much chaos Russia has wanted to sow in Western democracies and how they're, they're really about doing bad stuff. Right. I mean, our, yeah. we were talking today and my son is home for spring break. He came home yesterday and he you know mentioned it at lunch and they just killed, you know, uh, a former Russian spy in the UK with a cold war, you know, gas agent or whatever. So yeah, yes, I, I read about that. Uh-huh. I mean, and th- th- this is something where you can go so far down the survivalist path, the conspiracy path to be like, you know, definitely need your tin hat, tinfoil hat and be yep. be way out there. But on the other hand, I mean, you live in hurricane country. We live in tornado country in earthquake country now, um, you know, and, yeah. and FEMA, they recommend that you do some basic kinds of things to prepare for natural disaster and for electricity right. being out. I mean, we've we haven't had a nice storm in a while, but, you know, they do happen. So, huh, I mean, where where, yeah. where are you on all that stuff about will the power grid be down for yeah, a while? You know, I, I have a I have a simple question, and that is. Why is it connected to the internet <laughs> to begin with? Yeah. Um, and and I know that sounds like a ridiculous question. I, I understand people in the power grid or that control it. There has to be some sort of internet access. But that's the same question I had when that hacker, that ethical hacker, thank goodness in this case, um, got into the f- plane's flight controls yeah. using from his it, computer, from his computer from the on the entertainment flight. system. Right. Yeah. So he got into the entertainment system. I don't know. I, I've never seen an Ethernet port, you know, under in, in a chair anywhere on a plane, but somehow he did it, right? But what in the world is the entertainment system? Why would it be in any which way, shape, or form connected physically 
to the flight control system. How can you, how is that a backdoor at all? Well, um, and, and, and that's that right there. In fact, I don't know if we talked about that, this article on the show or if it was this weekend, but there was, I'll, I'll definitely put this in the, sh- in the show notes because it was an article saying it's about ethics and computer science and weaponization. You know, that, that, uh, chemistry, he was saying with, with dynamite and, also, um, actually poison gas in World War One, you know, they came to realize, wow, what we're doing can be weaponized physics with, um, you know, the atom bomb and, and nuclear nuclear power. And then you've got nuclear weapons, uh, eugenics and biology. And so right. anyway, that this isn't a Hiroshima moment, but we need for computer scientists in the same way that physicists or chemists uh, know that ethics, you know, doctors, I mean, it's, it's essential. It's an essential yeah. part of the way people are certified. Like doctors have Hippocratic oaths to, to do good right. and not to do harm. And so it's something, um, we talked, we've talked about, I've talked about with our computer science, you know, teachers. And, and right now, I think it's something that it might be extra. We might kind of layer that in, but it's not yep. something like, oh yeah, of course, we're definitely, you know, hitting the ethics hard. And so I think, What's happened uh, with the Facebook hack, and we're we're open for this today, right? In our next yep. elections that we're going to have, I think every Western country that's open is, and the tools that Silicon Valley's created for advertisers um, make it very challenging in terms of bad actors. If you've got somebody that wants to sow chaos or wants to promote a real fringe agenda or an agenda of hate, it, it's it's going to be challenging. So yeah. I think that our our coders need to need to be ethical and yeah. hopefully in schools will respond to that. Absolutely. And, um, you know, where the digital can have physical uh, implications such as a power grid or flight controls and stuff like that. Um, th- this is a military issue, like a military grade issue where, you know, these are civilians now that are, uh, whose lives are at stake. Um, and we've got to put the right people and the right resources, right? Absolutely. Um, just get the right resources, get the best of the best. Uh, because, well, that's what keeps us who we are. Yep. Yep. Definitely. Well, yeah, let's mention a, a couple new articles, um, and videos that have happened as far as, well, no, let's, let's do a fun one and then we'll talk social media. Here's one. Cause sure. I know you're, you've got lots of old school tech. You got the best wall ever of like old tech. This was in gadget uh-huh. on March 22nd. CDs and vinyl are yeah, outselling digital music downloads. Now, to be clear, we've got. Yeah. Subscription streaming services and those are the ones that are really, you know, right. leading the charge. But, uh, yeah, we've got a big, big comeback. So does, does the Giacomino yeah. house, you know, have some LPs that, that you throw on every once in a while to go old school? You know what? We, I gave away all my LPs to a friend who I'm still friends with. So if I got nostalgic enough, I could probably go over there. And he's a DJ and he keeps good care of them. But no, we do not have a record player. We don't have, and I don't know the last time I popped a CD into a player. I just don't because we are a Spotify family. Ah, okay. Okay, so and sell me on Spotify because now that I've got the Android, I was telling you before the show, I got my Apple Music now on my Android. So yeah, I'm liking that. that. Wow. But I mean, I've been thinking about Google Google Play Music or or Spotify because we've we've invested in the Google Home uh, right. minis, right? So why right. Are you, why why are you a Spotify family? What's uh what's um you know what I think because they went streaming before before Apple did, and that's what I started with. Then I tried Apple because I mean I'm. If anybody knows anything about me, I'm, I might have a thing or two, uh, uh, from Apple. Um, and what I, w- what I did is I went to Apple to say, okay, what are you offering me that Spotify is not? 
and I couldn't find it. Really, all I'm interested in is hearing the song I want to hear when I want to hear it. Um, I was never a Pandora person. I would only use it like at dinner parties and stuff like that. Um, but if I'm going to pay to get the ads out and not have an ad come on while you're having your brie and cheese and wine with your guests, um, I'd rather just pay for a, a Spotify subscription a little bit more, of course, um, and get the playlist that I want or subscribe to a radio station, not worry about that. Um, <clears throat> so when I went back to Apple Music, I didn't uh, find anything that it offered me. And as a matter of fact, I think I have a lot of missing music somewhere. <laughs> I thought I'd pretty much have forever yeah. tied to the same account. But every once in a while, I think to myself, well, I know that song. I did have when I was with Apple Music, but for iTunes, right? And now I can't find it. So I have to do some digging around. Uh, but, but so it's $10 a month and Judy and I share that account, which means that only one of us could be on at a time. And it's, that's not a problem, but because we have a senior like you do, um, sharing it with her did not work out, but it's only five bucks more to add a, a, a I believe it was a student. Yeah, uh, because she's a student. So for fi- 15 bucks, Giacomino's can listen to anything whenever. And I love that Madam A uh, connects to to Spotify. Let me actually ask you that question because we were visiting about that as well, too. So uh, were you an early adopter of Madam A? And, and uh, yeah. what, are, what are your yeah. favorite things that's to that's do that. with your smart assistant? Oh, gosh. Um, well, first of all, connect her to that. So I've done entire sessions on if this than that and um gosh let me think of any of them i mean you know turning on lights uh just kind of like jen said uh, the light switch in the middle of a room that anyway um tune into that episode um uh what what else okay here's something that i i enjoy i i like cooking right uh but i and i like watching tv <clears throat> i like listening to music Sometimes we're listening to music so loudly, or maybe we might be doing karaoke or I might be playing the piano and it's like the family's just being real loud, but I've got something in the oven. So what I did is I created an, if this and that recipe that says, if your uh, Madame A timer reaches zero, then blink the piano lights because there's a lamp on top of my piano and I've got a hue on it. So that way, if we're being really loud and we can't, hear the alarm the lights going nowhere why are the lights oh that's right it's in the oven you know the breeze about to go go too long so um (laughs) that's one thing i use it for but the girls are always asking jokes and this and that and yes homework help as well so (laughs) now can you play podcasts on it can you say listen to such and such podcasts it'll do that yep uh it takes a little bit of a setup um podcast you know what i'm sorry i jumped on that one what i've listened to it on it is uh, books. Books, okay. So I was thinking it doesn't do podcasts yet. I think that's one place. No, that Google, no, 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 not podcasts. Books, 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 I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll say this, you know, between my Apple Pencil, which is very wand-like, right? Yes. And being able to speak to our Google Assistant. I mean, to me, that this is the Harry Potter time, and, and you've got to get your, your spell right. I was yeah. at my parents' house over spring break, and they have a Harmony remote, and I was – being frustrated, getting, trying to get everything to work. But when you get that harmony set up, the Google assistant will plug into it. And so you can say things like, yeah. you know, turn on such and such and shortcuts and whatever. I right. Right. And, and by the way, we're, we're not exclusively on the Amazon side. I've, we've got a Google home as well. Oh, you do. Okay. Yeah. And actually they're real close to each other. So one of them is right here in my kitchen and one's in the room right behind me. So 
they're right there. And sometimes I'll ask something on one. I don't get what I want. I'll ask the other and I'm like, haha, you know, she did a better job. And, but sometimes the other one does a better job. So I'm constantly, constantly comparing the two. Can you get them to talk to each other? I've tried. Uh, I've thought of it. I haven't quite figured out how to do that yet. And did you? There's got to be a way. Oh, well, you know what? I, I bet you with a Simon says, mm. you could do it. Hmm. Did uh, your Madame A ever laugh unexpectedly? Like Carl no, said, no, did. no. But I heard about that, and that sounds real creepy. Yeah, that definitely. sounds really. Creepy. He did not do that, but um, but I know that you could ask her to to play Simon Says, and basically she'll repeat what you say. So if if you do that and have her say the trigger for for Google Home, that might get something started. Hey, Peggy is just saying she didn't didn't know you had done uh, sessions on if this then that. So yes. Peggy, perhaps, and I don't know if there may not be room in this your show, but or left uh, shows, but uh, Classroom Two Point Live, shout out, wonderful yes. Saturday morning professional Good development. There. Um, yes. yeah, maybe you can uh, you can hit Felix up to share some of his I'd be if, glad to if come this back on that tricks. That would be Absolutely. cool. Okay, well, let's uh we can go back and talk some social media, but actually I want to I want to throw a couple biotech articles and I'm throwing these at you cuz I just added them here at the long full disclosure flipboard, flipboard on my iPad and it one of you know different Twitter feed no and sometimes we we talk about technologies like CRISPR or, um, you know, how genomics is a really big industry of the future, you know, place that with biotech, because we're, you know, Ray Kurzweil says we're going to. about how, you know, through evolutionary time, different amino acids combined and, you know, that, that led to, um, you know, different, different kinds of breakthroughs in terms of um, what the, what the body can do and, and, and how it works. Um, but there have, but, you know, c- computationally things have been limited. So they've been working on this for a long time. This guy's name Baker. Uh, he devised a game where citizen scientists, they basically crowdsourced it, reminded me a little of SETI, the, the search for extraterrestrial intelligence, when they had all this numbers to crunch and they asked people to write right. screensavers and they'd be able to crunch the data. Well, anyway, they've been able to make great strides with this. And so he has a biological Rosetta Stone, and it's looking at how to create new medicines to include addressing things like Alzheimer's and all kinds of things. But let me read this this little uh, section because this is just crazy. Baker's lab is working on an equally diverse set of applications, including a vaccine that would simultaneously protect against all strains of the influenza virus, a system to break down the common grain protein and gluten, and the hope of helping people with celiac disease. And this is the part that, that blows my mind. Others are looking for proteins that help convert solar energy to fuel. Baker pointed out there are 20 to the 200th possible proteins, which is more than the number of atoms in the universe. Evolution has produced just a minute fraction. So there's plenty of room wow. to expand. Oh, my gosh. So my question for you, Felix, have you done 23andMe? Because we yes. talked about that a little bit. And what are your thoughts on that? And then 
Do you guys have programs where you feel like kids are being encouraged and tracked towards genomics, towards, you know, that kind of biotech? Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I love the research that's behind it all. And one more time, jumping with your like, I really hope these people are not evil. And that's not the why the way it's going. And the reason why it's done it, you know, hopefully we're not giving all this to Skynet. <laughs> um, so, so that's my hope. I have done 23andMe. As a matter of fact, if you go to felixj.me slash 23andMe, spelled out, well, 23, the numbers, and me, um, you, you can see that there. Um, I think it's fascinating, fascinating being a fan of Ray Kurzweil and um, the book that I shared with you before the show uh, about digital immortality. I feel like all this stuff that we're figuring out now is is like trying to help and better our current bodies while they're still biological that sounds crazy and nuts it used to be unthinkable i'm now convinced that it's not an impossibility and i think it's just that's the way it's going to go uh will I, I a question i Think about it all the time. Will I be able to upload my consciousness? And there you have it, folks. Deep thoughts. <laughs> Deep you know, I mean, I yeah. think that'd be oh. such an interesting well, thing. Hey. Yeah, because what? Well, I don't and know. Come back. I mean, come back. Like you right. die, and then, like, let's say, like you come back when they figured out how to download that uploaded mm. yeah. consciousness, and then right. somebody else. But, but then you go down the rabbit hole of, well, wait a second. If, if you were uploaded, then downloaded to somewhere else, what, what happens if they download you to, to a second one, which is the real one? So we're getting into really great philosophical questions like the mind, body, spirit, and, you know, how, where, where is the soul and what is, you know, what is biological and what, you know, maybe mystical and transcendent of biology. And it makes me think when Carl and I were talking last week about South by Southwest, there was a video, a virtual reality video that someone did, which was exploring, right, the, the line between what scientists know and theorize and then, you know, what we can imagine with regard to black right. holes and the creation of the universe and all this. And I'm, yeah. I'm thinking this is just really rich, fertile soil for all kinds of science fiction, right? Because I'm, yeah. I, I, I think I'm with you. I've watched enough Ray Kurzweil and I've read a little bit. I mean, that is the the future that he sees for us. And so it, yeah. it definitely is something. I mean, just like we've got folks that want to keep their vinyl and keep their records, and right, you right. Know, we got folks they that want to keep their consciousness. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, you know, yeah. it, it's those are going to be decisions that won't be ours. Those will be decisions right. of the future. You know, for future mm -hmm. generations. So. Um, definitely. Oh, it's, it's time for a moment of silence for uh, the great Stephen Hawking. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He there just passed. Know. He did. He and, did and, and on Pi Day, I, I, I'm convinced he did that on purpose. It was Friday. <laughs> That's right. Him. It was. You know, I, I, uh, one of a, a parent at a former school or a previous school I used to work at was on the zero G flight with Dr. Hawking. How wow. cool was that? Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Pretty amazing, amazing. Pretty amazing stuff. That's but amazing. yeah. Um, I, I Again, you know, I do welcome it just, of course, in a very, if everything goes well in the way right. I planned it, right. uh, it sounds amazing. Um, well, we've got really important things to figure out in terms of, um, I was, you know, YouTube with this recommendation engine, sometimes it'll take you down rabbit holes of conspiracy. Um, it took me to a, a, a TED talk about yeah. existential threats, which I didn't know what these were. This is like 
sort of species ending kinds of things. And they were talking right. about the invention hat and how these different things come out of the hat. And aren't we thankful that, you know, easy weapons that you create with sand and materials from your backyard, you know, don't have nuclear sort of capability and, and power. But I mean, we've, we've got some really important things to try to work through. I mean, there are some people and, and I think, I don't, Hawking, Hawking, I think believes in extraterrestrials. I mean, some people think that, you know, you don't end up being able to survive for millions of years because you, you blow yourself up. Right. Um, there's, there's important stuff for us to figure out and, and hopefully we're going to be able to, you know, thread that gap because we're, if you listen to Kurzweil and, and the march of artificial intelligence and computation, all this stuff, I mean, it's the elbow of exponential change. Things are happening so quickly and they're going to test us. They are testing us so much as far as our ability to withstand change. Um, and, and those, those decisions, we had, to bring it back to school. We had a discussion Monday at lunch because, um, the guy who runs our cafeteria, who's amazing, his son's a freshman in high school. He's probably going to be over 300, almost without a doubt, as a senior. He is a big, big boy and a lineman. And, and so anyway, we were just talking all about sports and about, you know, parents and recruitment and all that stuff. And so I guess if you're shopping the sperm bank, you can already, you know, kind of say, what intelligence do you want? Do you want to, yep. you know, somebody who was over six feet and all that kind of stuff. And so those things are going to play into what happens in schools because, you know, parents will have I think I'll have on page 29, that's right. uh, column C. Yeah, that, that, that's a good looking one right there. Yeah, I know. Shopping from catalogs for, for, absolutely. Um, I mean, we're already doing it with our, with children now. Um, uh, but we could do it with our future selves, right. theoretically, right? Yeah. So this is what I want to come back as. But then again, will you come back as, as a biological life form as we know it? Hmm. I get, did you lose my stream for a little while? I did. I did. So, okay. um, yeah, I, hey, I got brother, some keywords. Brother, can, I think you need to stop streaming. If you can tell the girls, we're almost done. We got about 15 minutes left. Yeah. The girls, the girls came back. They're streaming uh, too. So this uh, is, this is how quality of service still works in the fryer home. Hey, we upgraded the modem, but you know, nothing's yeah. perfect. So sorry. I was sure it was you or me. So I was, I was no, about to hop onto it, my 4G, but it was me. Sorry. Sorry. Okay. Well, one more uh, sort of biotech article. This one is from sure. New Scientist. And this is one that I had to check like, okay, is it legit? What's the source? Uh, newly discovered human organ may help explain how cancer spreads. And this is from uh, today. And what they're from uh, March 27th. So I guess it's from yesterday. Um, and it says that there's this network of fluid filled channels in the human body. And because of the way we have punctured the body in the past, and now we're able to insert a thin camera that can observe things, they think they've discovered this and it may play into a lot of things, including how cancer spreads. I mean, it's just like, what? Oh my gosh, suddenly so now. So wait a second. So we could see it because we can't, because we could, couldn't we, observe it before. And what is this? Like, we insert a thin, I mean, uh, inserting a thin camera into the person's gastrointestinal tract, enable doctors to get this microscopic look at the tissue inside a person's gut. And so it, it acts as a shock absorber and also possibly a transportation system. And I mean, you don't read an article every day that's from a scientific. I mean, this appears to be legit, right? right. I mean, maybe new scientists yeah. is not, but I think it is. And um, yeah, saying that uh, you know maybe that 
can lead to earlier diagnosis of, of cancers and other issues. So, you know, I'm, I'm fascinated by the whole idea of making the invisible visible. We thought, talk about that with learning. We talk about how, you know, we, we can use media and other kinds of technologies perhaps to, Mm -hmm. to get a window into what students understand and know and can do that may be more powerful than simply, you know, paper and pencil and text in our traditional ways. And so, uh, anyway, this, this article is an example of that. A few weeks ago, we, there was one where, they use some kind of of remote sensing um, technology over over the jungles of Guatemala, and they were able to see all this as the Mayan Mayan ruins that they had never seen before. Yes, I saw that. It's unbelievable. So uh, yeah, 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 this yeah. kind of biotech. I well, I'll men- I've, I've mentioned it before on the show, but as I was when I went back in the classroom after my doctorate for a couple of years teaching STEM, we had Curiosity Links, and I mean, mm. this would be an example of one that's just like. What you know, and anyway, it is, it is. it's to... mind numbing stuff. So, um, I you know, I was reading this article as you're um reading from it as well, and then I scrolled to the very bottom, and then there's all this other articles, and some of them are th- this site's not so bad. Um, but tell me your thoughts on when you're reading an article, everything looks legit. You hope it is. And, and then at the bottom, the, the other articles are very clickbaity. You know what? Like you're, you're I, didn't, like, I, did, I did not see any of those because I browse with uBlock origin. I just turned it off and uh, now I see those. So those oh, talk about the invisible visible. Those articles were not at the bottom of my article because they're all ads. Right. And you block They're all ads. blocked all the ads. They are. And, and oh, I mean, even on like that C- bad. Yeah, but, uh, still. but I, I, a, a lot of times I'm reading what I'm what I figure is you know good information from reputable sources. But then I get to the bottom. I'm like, well, wait a second. They're allowing, and and maybe it's just like, hey, look, it's a way to make money. But how if if you're on a you know, it, it, does Harvard <laughs> at the bottom of their webpage, you know, kind of give you clickbaity sure. stuff just to make some money? No, they know better than to do that. So That's right. is somebody not thinking this through on legit websites where? Well, and where else, where else do we yeah. find the news too? Yeah, my uBlock yeah. origin blocked 13 links or 46%. Of the, uh, I guess the content. Uh, now, what is page. that? What is that so, you're using? Is that a Chrome it's, plugin? It's a Chrome extension. Yeah, called extension. Yeah, U, yeah. Ublock Origin, and uh, I'll drop a link uh, for it in there. And it's exactly. it's okay, one cool. that Ben Wilkoff had recommended. It's very lightweight as far as the, the memory that it takes, but right. Isn't cool. that wild? Yeah. So it's yeah, all, that's I mean, we, didn't, we didn't view different versions of the article, but you know what you saw and what I saw contributed to our perceptions of the potential legitimacy of yeah. of the article. So yeah. yeah. Wow, so you know what? Oh, yeah. Wow. When you have blockers like that, maybe it blocks something that would otherwise raise a red flag and say, ah, it's a little bit shady. Nice. To see what's what's surrounding it, right? Wow. Good aha moment there. Maybe, um, speaking of Chrome, go ahead. Maybe that's a, maybe that's room for a developer to have some kind of extension like that, right? Maybe you should, you should have a flag like that. Go ahead. Yeah, speaking of Chrome extensions, I, I, uh, created my very first one. Really? What is it? Yeah. I can't, I can't tell you what it is. <laughs> okay. Actually, it, I, I did it for a friend and, um, only be, it came out of curiosity. I, uh, somebody shared, um, that there's a Chrome extension for you to easily change the format of a Google doc to like, let's say a PDF or go from, you know, at the end when you have the slash edit, you could change it to slash preview. 
<clears throat> and you that's a, that's that a Tony Vincent trick, actually, right? Oh, you revealed who <laughs> I was doing it for. Anyway, so um, because of that, that you know, and then he added that uh, to the end of that article, saying that now there's a there's a extension for that. And I'm like, you know, how, what, what's in an extension? What, how do you create them? And I kind of went down that path. I made a very, very simple one, but I don't want to kind of reveal yet what it is because when it gets revealed, it'll be under the person who's sure, sure, sure. highlighted it. Is. Right, right, right. Yeah. So I won't give that away just yet. To be named. Very cool. Um, all right. Well, we're getting close to the top of the hour. We won't do a geek of the week yet. I do want to mention, um, a couple articles that I put under, under Google news. This is wired from March 13th. YouTube will link directly to Wikipedia to fight yes. conspiracy theories. I thought this is yeah. fascinating. There's been some articles about how, you know, YouTube can really lead you down a rabbit hole um, because they Absolutely. want you to keep watching. Right. Yep. And so you yep. might watch a, a topic about, let's say, the, the landing on the moon. But then there's right. also going to be stuff about, oh, we didn't ever land on the moon. Right. It's a conspiracy. And you're going to dive deep, you know, through these really, you know, sometimes outlier opinions. And so this was interesting that rather than fight with video, you know, they're going to fight with Wikipedia. Um, right. So what? Yep, yep. I, I read all about that, and um, my my initial reaction is Bravo. You know, Bravo YouTube for 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 trying to um, at least can get the conversation, get people thinking, and being a little more skept skeptical about what they see and hear just because it's in a video. Um, I'll tell you, I've had my share of issues, and I don't know how I got to. Well, I know how I got to it. It's probably watching a video about something else. And all of a sudden, I see something about flat earthers. I'm like, what? Then, if you put, if you go to YouTube and you put flat earthers, there's no shortage of videos on people basically saying the earth is flat. I mean, like, like a plate, a disc. Wow. And, and there's no, and that gravity is an illusion. And, and really what's happening is this disc is accelerating at X amount of feet per second squared, yada, yada. So that's why it gives the illusion. Of, I mean, but there's no shortage of it. <clears throat> and, and I got annoyed because I must have been logged in taking a look at something. I couldn't believe it. It's like one of those like, wait, this cannot be real. So of course you go down that rabbit hole, like you said, and it just, they kept coming and coming. I'm like, this can't be real. This can't be real. And apparently it is. So. And something to be aware of too is how are you logged in, right? Because if you're oh, on right. your profile or whatever, you know, then you can have a, some persistent, you know. Correct. And which is I usually watch YouTube with that turned off. Mm. Like just don't, don't follow my history because then you're going to feed me stuff that I might no longer be interested in. Yeah. I've enjoyed, I mean, that is one thing like on Apple TV, I'll watch, uh, watch YouTube and, and, you know, I'm a geek, of course. So, yep. you know, watching Kurzweil and, and Ted talks yep. now I do that all the time. There's other things I watch yep. too, but yep. anyway, it, it, it has been beneficial in that regard, but I think this so is same with us. And that is, uh, so on our Apple TV, our YouTube is not logged into anyone. Oh. So it has created its own history and suggestions based on what we've watched. Usually as a family, not a hundred percent, but there's a lot of, you know, karaoke or, or, you know, performances by acapella groups, um, as well as the nerdy science stuff that I want, tend to watch. Right. Right. Well, that article, um, had a reference to Florida <clears throat> because that was following what happened at, at Parkland High School. Um, I'll, yeah. I'll do one other 
related article and then then just ask you kind of what that's been like being in Florida with all all of all of the, the the crazy and then the political and the student voice and all that stuff. Um, this was an ABC News article yesterday. Parkland student David Hogg has been dismantling lawyers on social media. And, and basically he's been been um, quite witty as well as as just clever and uh, effective in, you know, calling out, you know, different legislators, uh, different folks. And he's really, you know, been able to, to stand up for himself, um, and not have his, his voice muted. Um, what, what's it been like to be an educator and a parent in Florida in the last month, Felix? Uh, it's the conversation that's happening. That's for sure. Um, if you go to the, the Gulliver School's Twitter feed, um, you'll see that our students took to the field and spelled out, um, we are, we love MSD, real big on our field, and took a drone from above. We played them just, I believe it was last week, uh, in lacrosse. Um, so they were there. My daughter was just at a, a thespian festival in, in, in Tampa, as a matter of fact, and she got to speak to those students. <clears throat> a lot of conversation about that. And needless to say, from the executive leadership team at Gulliver, it's it's a weekly conversation that we have at our meetings and we've hired some of the top consultants on what to do and everything is out there. We, we've actually run active shooter drills at our school um, and see how, to see how those go. Um, conversations about everything from bulletproof glass to what to do in certain situations the parents want to know. So we've sent out communications, letting them know what are we doing now, what will we will be doing in the next few weeks, and in the long term. Yeah. Because this, it's that's it. It's time to act. It's been time to act. Yeah. We're way overdue, but right. this one for some reason has really been sobering. Yeah. Well, as we mentioned on the show, I think amidst all the negative and the things that make us say, oh, the world, you know, the, the ways yeah. that students have responded, the articulate ways that they've been able to share their voice, um, yep. the ways that they've been listened to and the optimism of youth, too. Right. You know, yeah. and it's like we've got, a, you know, as you probably do too, service learning, you know, kids that are, you know, involved in, in the community and also on a global level with international things. So it's the voices of youth are so important and it's so, so important to also see, see them not be silenced by the trolls and, you know, by, by the negative and and all of those kind of things. So hopefully the march of artificial intelligence, as well as ethical, you know, computer scientists and others, you know, there's going to be some, some good ways forward that we're going to be And structural engineers, hopefully, because um, I mentioned that because the the bridge collapse, right? Bridge collapse is 1.5 miles from my finger. Oh, I didn't realize it was that close. Had I been taking out the trash at that time, I would have heard it. Right. I I probably would have heard it from inside my house. It's that close. Exactly a a mile and a half. And uh, on our way to Tampa on Monday, I drove right through where it was, which had been closed for over a week. Mm. We finally cleared it. We saw all the rubble off to the sides right. and drove by there. So that was, um, wow, you know, here one minute gone the next, but, um, saw some interesting conversations and, um, problem solving going on with our engineering students, given everything that's been coming out. They've been watching the oh, videos yeah. nonstop and having that conversation. Where did it go wrong? What could have been done? You know, 
Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah. That, that's another uh, very close to home. We need to raise very, up, very. raise up that generation of problem solvers. Yeah. 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 So All right. That's, that's it. Well, we are a little bit beyond the top of the hour. We need to do some okay. geeks of the week. So uh, sure. I'll, I'll go quick and then, and then have you share yours. Mine is just for sketch noting. Um, I'm about to start a, a seven part making media on Monday series at our school. Nice. We haven't really done that, but doing different show with media products. We're going to do sketch noting. And so procreate has been my favorite sketch app from the iPad for quite a while. Um, but a friend just shared one that I didn't know about for Android card called art flow. I just want to encourage everybody out there to consider the ways that sketching can fit into note taking and, you know, our, our visual creativity and translating ideas into Visual images can be both challenging and also beneficial from a sticky learning standpoint as far as learning. So Procreate Very and cool. Artflow. And those are Procreate is iOS only and Artflow is Android only. Is that correct? That is correct. Yeah. And okay. I have not done much with Artflow yet. I've just actually downloaded okay. it this week. So cool. We'll how about you? What out. is your geek of the week? So uh, it's a little project that I just started. So I know that you have wfryer.me which you got after learning about TonyV.me, which what led me to get FelixJ.me. And I said, you know what? This is really helpful. And hopefully you'll actually be one of my testimonials as to why this is a good thing. So let me be as transparent as possible. Um, I, I, I started a website service um, f- for setting up URL shorteners that are brand- branded. So a user purchases a domain name, I set it up for them, and then they pay me an installation fee and then a monthly fee for for that service. Um, What I'm setting up is open source. So if you have a host, if you're not scared of PHP and, and, and all that and setting it up yourself, by all means, save yourself the money, do it. If you don't have a host, if you just want the benefits of it and you'd rather just pay a bit, and have me set it up for you that's what that's for but um so the the name of the site is tiny link but with a q at the end instead of a k so tinylink.com and um i wrote a couple of articles and i'm just getting this started right um and the benefits is why you want to have that uh a as an author so i wrote one post on why you want to have it as an author especially if it's in print because the other day and and this is one of the reasons why I decided to start this, I was reading a friend of mine's um, uh, a publication and I w- went to one of the links and the link was broken. So I reached out to her and said, hey, you know, it, was this a typo? No, wasn't a typo at the time, but they have since taken down the link. I said, wow, that could have been avoided had this person had her own link shortener. Why? Because they're editable, as you would know. That's right. So. They take down that YouTube video. Well, if the video's gone, it's gone, but you could always take the link, edit it to either a new video that, you know, kind of gets the same point across or maybe a blog post or maybe just a page on your site that says, Hey, they took it down, but this was the point of it. <clears throat> that plus, you know, you also want to know what people are linking to the most, what is having the most impact. So it gives you analytics. And yeah, you could do that with Google or bit.ly. Um, and there's paid services, there's other services, but this one, you, you're also tacking on your own brand, you know, be it your name or your book. Um, if you, if you go to the website itself, you know, just a few people that are actual mutual friends of ours, Leslie Fisher, 
Got Leslie.link. She was thrilled about that one. That's a good one. Steve Dembo. You know, he's, um, and he was able to get T42.link. I set it up for Carl over at mrhook.it. So it reads as Mr. Hook it. Um, uh, Adam Fayal got Adam, ask Adam three.me. And the, one of the authors, the, the first author, I guess, uh, that, that has his link shortener that I set up for him on in print is John Soash. Uh, and he released the book, uh, the Chromebook classroom. So his shortened links are chrm.tech. And, uh, he's, you know, you, you could read, um, all the, uh, testimonials that are on tinylink.com, um, on that. So yeah, that's, that's what I, uh, came up with. Awesome. And that's a good reminder. I've, I've got several book projects, a couple new ones and some things I need to revise. And as I think about yeah. sharing out those, those uh, websites, that's a, a great encouragement to think about doing it. You know, you've got to maintain it, right? As, as Peggy yeah. mentioned in the chat, you know, if, if somebody stops maintaining their site, I mean, that could actually, you know, cause those links to not work, but especially Correct. if you're the one doing it and you're going to say, Hey, I'm keeping this alive. Update, uh, you know, I keep them updated, uh, yeah. the, the software updated as well as I'm always looking for new, um, extensions yeah. for that or plugins, whatever they call them. Right. Uh, and there's a lot of really useful ones. You Fantastic. Know, how to shorten on the fly. There's even a Chrome extension for that yeah. and all that. Yeah. That's awesome. Fun stuff. Glad to hear about that. All right. Well, yep. we've uh, gone a little bit longer, but this has been so fun. And Great. Felix, you're just one of my favorite people. I can't wait. Hey. I mean, I don't know if I'm going to get to, to, to get down to the learning fest, but you know, you're, I, we, we got to go. Was it, I think it was, was it your, your before last? I mean, um, I'll never forget. I'll have to say this. The absolute ultimate end to an ed tech conference happened at my high school, Manhattan High School in Manhattan, Kansas, when Felix gave the closing keynote and <laughs> he wrote a song that he sang and performed on the piano as the synchronized keynote, you know, was there. And it was um, it was frozen. Right. Was it? Um, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's called. Do you want to be connected instead of do you right. want to build a snowman? Um, uh, however, I cannot take. Um, credit for the writing of it and um, that would be oh my gosh why is his name escaping me right now let me see oh thanks to my handy dandy link shortener I could go to felixj.me slash b why do you want to be connected um, so yeah if you go to felixj.me slash d y w t b c it's Jed Derryberry that's right Jim and Gary so Gary. if you're on the committee, I'm sure many of the, the ISTE committee are, are here, uh, listening to the show. You know, <laughs> Felix would just be your ultimate end to the ISTE conference for, cause he would say that. So anyway, Felix, if Thank people you. would like to connect with you after the show tonight, where can they find you online? Google my name. But, um, fortunately, I'm only one of the few Felix Giacominos in the world. My dad's one of the other ones, but yeah, um, Twitter handle Felix Giacomino, um, FelixGiacomino.com. Um, but Google me, you'll find me. Trust me. Awesome. And uh, I am W Fryer on Twitter, continuing to blog and podcast periodically on speedofcreativity.org. And as I mentioned, the digsit.us website, we have been updating and are going to continue to update that for school, um, but to continue the conversations with digital citizenship. So we are thankful for our live viewers, for Scott and Peggy that have tuned in live and want to uh, remind everybody that next week's show will also be a little bit off on time. will still be Wednesday, but we're going to be, and I should have looked at this, 
Um, we're, we're going to be with Cheryl Oaks and Alice Barr up in, uh, Maine. And Cheryl, I think is actually retired, uh, from the classroom. If you follow her on Facebook, you're just going to see a whole bunch of skiing pictures because I think she just skis nonstop now that she's retired. Uh, but we'll be two hours early. Um, and so that'll be starting at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central. So until next time, we encourage everybody to stay safe, stay savvy and start to get hooked up with your URL shortener with Felix.